It's all in the game with Neil Atkinson and David Downey. Everything and anything football. It's all in the game on City Talk 105.9. Good evening, City Talk 105.9. Neil Atkinson, David Downey with you until you get to 7pm. A uh, fair bit to talk about, although it feels falsely as so that's not the case. We haven't spoken since Everton went to Stoke and got beat 2-0. Since Liverpool beat Burnley uh, by the same scoreline. And then Liverpool's frustrating 0-0 uh, game against uh, Blackburn yesterday. Uh, these mill towns, this, the north of England, Dave. Uh, slight revenge against Liverpool. Um, putting a bit of stick about where Everton are concerned. What went wrong um, at the Potteries? Well, it's, um, it was a, a same old story again, I'm afraid. It was um, a, a lack of any cohesion. Uh, and, and I'm talking this time in, in, in sense of units. Defence to midfield... You know, is this spreading now? Because, yeah. for instance, I think about three weeks ago we were talking John Stones up. Mm. Is John Stones now beginning to feel the effects of of, of what it is that yeah. he's playing in? Yeah, I think he's suffering. I do. I think he's suffering from a, a lack of confidence. He's playing with no one around him who has any faith in anybody else around them, and it's uh, it's just it's like an infection at the moment. It's sort of spreading amongst them all. And you know, he was a bright a bright shining light when he came into the side, and we started keeping clean sheets and looking a lot more solid. Looked as if he would kick on, and then. Slowly but surely, he's sort of fallen back into the, into this this mire that we found ourselves in for the majority of this season. And uh, Stoke, it didn't surprise me whatsoever, given given the Arsenal performance, which uh, some some talked up for some reason. Uh, we went there, set out, and, and and to start with, it it just didn't feel like there was any any sort of penetration. Once again, it felt as if uh, there was a a necessity to. Uh, you know, nullify Stoke first before we could do anything else ourselves. Mm. Um, Serious lack of goal scoring chances, and you know, you look at the goal we conceded as well. Victor Moses probably the smallest man on the pitch that evening, uh, other than Adam Lennon, and he, he stoops to conquer from fifteen yards out ahead of the beats Tim Howard, who dives up straight in the air, not to his side as as one would with the ball going in the corner, and <laughs> he puts Stoke one nil up. Second goal, similarly, just just panic. Lukaku miscontrols the ball as we, we've become pretty much accustomed to. Skies it into the air. Stoke break. Hit the post. Comes out. Uh, Duff's got a, a three-yard tap in to make it two 0 and and lights out. Game over. Just how worryingly consistent how we lose games. Neil. Well, how, how lights out game? Here. How lights out in game over was it? Did Everton just just were they just finished? Yeah, at that point? I mean we 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 brought Coney on at one 0 down. Um, and he looked decent, he did. He had a couple of shots, but the, the thing is, there's such an imbalance in the side as well, because, I mean, he's playing flirtatiously with Barkley, drifting from the centre to the left and back again, and largely playing on the left. The lad doesn't look like he knows where he, whether he's coming or going. You've got Lennon on the other side, who will keep chalk on his shoes, but ball's not going to him regularly enough. When it, when they are trying to find him, mm. he, he's, he's doubled up on, he, he's just completely wasted out there. There's nothing on the other side to, so we can reverse it. We can't stretch sides from side to side because it matters is refusing to play either Morales, who was on the bench on that side. You know, Naismith could do a job there, I'm convinced. Um it just it still feels like he doesn't know completely what's going on. He gave a very telling interview to Henry Winter this week in the Telegraph, which, you know, I was very concerned by some of the comments he made. Um, which you you as a as a level headed observer would probably rightly put me in my place about with certain things he said that I've panicked over but um, he he doesn't seem to be rectifying any of these issues Neil and it's getting well, more and more concerning because I mean the, the the stats speak for themselves this is Everton's worst points total after 28 games in 88 years this is for me the, the key thing is 
it's time it's time for him to be bold. And and this is where, you know, for instance, he's got Maralasi, he's got Lennon. Mm. It's playing both. You've you yeah. know, you can you can quite easily put a four two three one together if this current Everton side at the moment where it's Naismith behind the car where it's Morales and Lennon on, on either side of the pitch, make the pitch huge, and then pick McCarthy and then make a decision between Bessage and Barkley and do that dependent on yeah. the opposition if you want. But go and just have the attitude of well we're gonna and this is where I'm now at the point, even as a as a supposedly level headed outsider and all this sort of <laughs> stuff, where I'm a little bit like Roberto, you just need to be yourself here, mate. You just need to go commit to the idea that Everton are gonna next next three four games they're ever gonna score two goals a game, because I think the most conce- most concerning thing now from the outside looking in is the way the Everton goals have dried up, and that's that's what needs to get fixed here ASAP. Yeah. You've got decent defenders in Jagielka and Stones. If you don't like the goalkeeper, play the other one. Yeah. But if you know, but let's let, put that to one side for a second. Coleman and Leighton Baines, they're not to be fullbacks. Mm-hmm. They've done this. You can pick an attacking front four that. It should look like it's got two goals in it. That should have that sort of and and empower them and tell them we're gonna how are we gonna get out of this. And this is the thing I don't understand. And this is the that this would be what would be frustrating me if I was an Evertonian. How are we gonna get out of this by playing football? Mm. That's how we're gonna do because that's all we do. Mm. And I think that this is the problem is that there's this hybrid thing that Everton are doing at the moment where they're just they're, they're, they're all scared. They're not being the, the the shackles on them one way or another from the manager from doing what what it is that you think they're gonna do and therefore they, they end up having to do things that they're not equipped to do. No, that that's perfectly accurate. That because the 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 piece I wrote lately says you it's know, excellent. That by the way, Dave. Thank you. Um, it does sort of di- dictate the way Everton are at the moment, Martinez, because it it just seems to be contradictions all over the place with the man because <clears throat> he, he's coming out with this this sort of narrative where Everton will be purists. They will play pure football. Yes, he picks this hybrid side, like you've said, of three defensive midfielders, and is going to places where we're setting up not to get beat. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, obviously, personnel is another issue, but you know, the, the, just just like you said, be Roberto Martinez. I get the idea that you may not want to play wingers. You've put Lennon on maybe for a different idea. You want him to have out, out wide on the right. The point I'm trying to make is, if you're gonna go with one idea, then stick with it and do it properly. That's why I, you know, I was a, I was a, I was calling for the diamond formation a, a few weeks ago. If you're gonna play narrow, do it properly. Commit entirely and exactly. to everything. Whatever you do, just commit entirely exactly. to Exactly, put everything into it. And it doesn't seem like he's doing one thing or the other at the moment in, in, in desperate situations. And let's face it, they are at the moment. And, you know, you look at the, the funny thing was, Neil, I was <clears throat> I was sitting there begging for space to, to be QPR the other day because had QPR won, they'd be three behind us and we've got to go there in two weeks. These are turning into relegation six pointers now. These are it's serious times. I, I, I cannot get my head around these people who say Everton are too good to go down. There's likelihoods we can sit here and discuss the probability that Burnley aren't going to get 35 well, they, I think points. this is the key thing. I actually think, and I'm, 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 I'm but I think it's a, b- a bigger issue, Neil. Well, it's a larger issue. Four to six weeks ago, Dave, I was saying Everton are too good to go down. Now, my attitude towards it is the other sides, the side, there's three sides beneath Everton who aren't good enough to relegate Everton. Mm. And I think that's a concerning way in which you're changing, changing your phrase. Obviously, yeah. I can understand why Evertonians are worried because not least because there's another season to come. Well, it's a, cons- a considerable drop in how you're looking at it, how you're looking at it, isn't it? Because yeah. you're saying they're too good to go down. You know that that sort of insinuates that they're going to start playing football at some point. They haven't, and now you're sort of looking at other sides being poorer than them well, the, the, for them to, to to stay in the league. Yeah, the first thing that the QPR result made me think was it's a good result for Everton. Now, not yeah. about the, the the Spurs top four thing in Liverpool. The first thing I thought was that's a good result for Everton mm-hmm. because I do think that there's. You you know, if if Villa, um, you know, one swallow does make a summer, but they've got themselves that first win. 
you get the impression that maybe Villa can find a way to get to get a greater points total than, than than Everton conceivably. You can think that I don't think that'll happen, but you can see how that could happen from this point. <coughs> the thing is, I just don't see Leicester making any sort of run. Leicester are gone, so you're you're in this situation now where you're looking at Burnley and you're looking at QPR and Burnley were. For for Burnley, the result against Swansea was huge in terms of the fact that they didn't get the three points they needed at home there. You know, to kick them, yeah. kick, kick to kick them on, and I don't see QPR pulling it together, pulling it around at this stage. Effectively, you know, the the it it all feels a little too late for them. But I mean, there is there's a dire problem from an Evertonian perspective, which is that there's got to start being the sort of performances that are still occurring in Europe have got to start being mm. be, being brought through in the Premier League because if they're not, then there's there's no future in this, if you, and and, the, and that's the, the 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 terrifying thing is that you you're not far away from going into a summer thing where everyone's thinking maybe we shouldn't have this fella, and that's where you that's where I think it, it could be really well, really concerning. I, I think we've reached a point where you can <clears throat> you struggle to argue with people who are, are who are of that thinking at the moment. I, I really do, and I'm not one of them myself. I have to say I don't continuity want... of football clubs massive. Yeah, absolutely. And I and don't he, think he should lose his job. He, I mean, he, he's not. He's not at a stage where you know the season after we finished fourth under Moyes, we had, you know stayed up with thirty nine points, Everton's lowest ever points total to stay up, uh, and then you know he stayed for the following eight nine years, whatever it was. So you know the the, the there is merit there's, in sticking with precedence. the manager. There's precedent in this. The problem I think Everton have got is over over these years Everton have continuously punched above the weight that the cliche goes, doesn't it? And you know they've they've found a standard that is you know very much it's a very high standard considering. What they have available to them. Now that when that standard becomes the norm, then obviously fans' expectations rise to another level. Then the problem I think Roberto Martinez, Martinez will have this summer, regardless of what happens, with the exception of winning the Europa League, is there'll be a volatile knife edge like atmosphere around the club. On everything will be scrutinised tenfold more more so than it is normally in football, and that's pretty extreme as it is at the best of times. Obviously, you'll you'll be able to reciprocate yep. that with, with with what goes on with Brendan Rodgers and Liverpool all the time. But you look in the summer how every player he signs, well, is he good enough? Is he not good enough? The first game in next season, if Roberto, Roberto Martin is in charge, and and, and Everton have finished what twelfth to sixteenth as you'd expect this season. We lose that game. It, it's going to be volatile. It is going to be well, really really tough. And 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 that's the the thing is about people calling for his head now. It's absolute suicide to get rid of the manager now. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever, in my opinion. But I sort of think he may well have dug himself too big a hole to get out of. And that's that that is the concerning thing, I think, from from Martinez's point of view now. And I think it's difficult because I think you've got to look at last season's achievements and I think you've got to see that you know, that this that's with with effectively the same crop crop of players. Yeah. And so therefore that tells you the the, the, the tightrope that he walks, and that's the nature of his football as well. When when it's going well, it's gonna go really well. And this is where there's this problem at the moment with with, with pulling it round, but when it's going well, it's going to go really well. And there's nothing to say that you know Everton couldn't win that first game next season, couldn't win that second game next season, couldn't then find themselves winning seven of the first ten. And it's a completely different season. And I think that, to a certain extent, I think Liverpool at a higher echelon. The, the thing you're talking about with the resources and all that sort of stuff, you know, to come out today that Liverpool's wage bill is the fifth highest in the or Liverpool's wage bill is the fifth highest in the country and all that sort of stuff. So when they come second, they hugely, massively overachieve. Yeah. If they then dip themselves back down to seventh, everyone's furious, <laughs> you know. But you are on this, you're on this oscillation stuff where it might be that you know if you can't handle these managers at the worst, you don't deserve them at the best. And yeah. you, that argument could be there, you know, the idea that you, if you if if you 
if you can't handle the idea that these lads, let's be honest, they might occasionally have a bad three months in them, they might even have a bad season in them, but when they when they get it right, they're able to overperform so significantly that it's worth yeah. it's worth biting biting that particular bullet. Well, that, that's that's the thinking I'm of Neil because I, I think he's got more enough credit in the bank that he's earned from last season to get him through this. Uh, you know, worst case scenario. Well, I said worst case scenario, but worst of the best case scenarios, Everton finished safe and instance seventeenth. Yeah get to the quarter slash semis of the Europa League, I believe then he's he, he's got, you know, enough in the bank from what we've seen already to give it What's, another crack next season. It's just that I, I think you know, you, you're talking extremes with the rest of the fan base. There's not that the, the majority I would think the majority now I'd say don't want him at the club. Well I think I think that's where you've got to come <laughs> out, you've got to say, yeah, that that wasn't good enough. This didn't work, this yeah. didn't work. We're gonna look at improving going into next season. But seasons stop and then new ones start, and I do think that that's really important to remember in football. We all we all get yeah. to start again, and there's another 38 games. God, you know, just just think about that for a second. You love you, you, minimum. You, well, yeah, <laughs> you, but, but you know, when we're when we're all sitting here, we're 80. We'll have watched this for uh, for, for for 73 years. Uh, but that's you know that's what that's the way in which football seasons work, and and that's the that's the hard part I think sometimes to get your head around as a supporter because obviously and I think it's I think it's harder now uh, with the with the way in which summers feel so constant in terms of your own involvement in the team and all this sort of stuff and you know we've getting to see pre-season and all that but seasons one stops and another one begins and I do think that if if it can be shrugged off then it should be shrugged off uh, but the key part about this is Roberto you, you've you've got it in you there's still uh, 10 to go Go win six of them, mate. Mm. Go win six of them, and everyone can relax. And or you know, go win six of them and take uh, go win four of them and take Evertonians to uh, to, to to Warsaw. All this is you know, it's 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 within your sphere of control. Mm-hmm. You Everton are good enough. Whoever the last ten opponents are, unless they, uh, they haven't got a hellish run, but you know, with any smattering of, of of sides in this league, the Everton of last season could have take could take six from the last ten. Yeah, comfortably you would you would imagine. And, yeah. and therefore these are still the same players and not everyone else has improved. In fact I'd be, I'd say frankly I don't think that anyone significantly improved uh, from the bottom sort of bottom ten, twelve, with the possible exception of Swansea. You know, everyone else is broadly speaking exactly as they were, exactly mm. as they are. And this is the, the the key thing is that this is all still very, very much in the palm of of, of Roberto Martinez's hands. But if he's going to get himself into a situation where his job at Everton becomes untenable at some point next season, he might as well get have it become untenable for being as Roberto Martinez as humanly possible, and that's the problem. You don't want to, but you know, he might he might as well get hung for a sheep as for a lamb, mm. and that's yeah. the that's the key thing now. I think, mm. and that's the key thing that I don't understand when when I'm looking at when I get to see Everton play or when I'm looking at Everton's team selections because at Liverpool are playing at the same time. When I see the team selections, the match reports afterwards, and read them and hear views like mm. yours, I'm like. Just go and be Roberto Martinez, mate. Yeah. It's much better. You'll be happier. He's like he reminds me of a, a salesman that sells a product that he he does that really well, but he doesn't necessarily believe in it himself. Sometimes that that that's what he feels like at the moment to me. It feels as if he, he he's great talking about these things. He, he's a fantastic communicator. Nobody can deny that. That's to his detriment when he's in a situation at this point, though. I feel, and when when he, he's talking and articulating so well about these things, these philosophies. It's very easy to become disillusioned with them, and, and and I think that's what most fans are feeling. I've started to feel that way. Um, this, you know, the the style of style over substance argument, which seems to be a recurring theme for us on this show for, for what the last three or four months. Um, you know, there the, the, the doesn't have to be major changes, and I think that he struggles to get that in but, his head. That that you know, he, he believes that any change is a major change, even if it's but, a subtle one for him. Commit to style, yeah. 
That's I don't well, think this is the thing. He's, he's neither one or the other. Exactly, he's cha- he is actually changing. You know, I think there's this idea that he's stubborn, and you know, all managers to have got where they got to, they're stubborn. But he's currently playing three defensive midfielders. Go and commit to style, mate. Go and mm. you know that that that'll be my thing. I'll be saying is you know you're talking the philosophy and all this sort of stuff. Well, then just wholeheartedly commit to it. Yeah, commit to style over substance. And and then if Everton committed to if Everton basically went out with the mentality between now and the end of the season that we're going to play and play and play and we're gonna we're gonna just be we're gonna back our football completely. We're gonna pick a side that's got four four ball players in attack. That's got a ball player in centre midfield. That's got these wing, these fullbacks who who can play like wingers and they're gonna play like wingers. If Everton did that they win four, four, four of that last ten minimum mm. but what's happening is sometimes because there's a compromise he's, word, well, he's talking his style over substance mm. but and what he's doing is he put, and he's probably thinking well I'm talking style over substance but I'm trying to put substance in mm-hmm. well Roberto do the thing that you're saying that you want to do yeah just do that, and and that's and that'd be the thing. I think that that'd be the thing that if I was never Tony, would most frustrate me. And it, it certainly, as someone who you know who likes Roberto Martinez, who likes that sort of football, is well, don't sell us all out. Mm. We're all we're all having arguments here. We're having arguments in the stands. I remember that under you know Julio Benitez. I remember, I know what that's like, and I remember in Benitez's last season. It's the one I always cite. You know, oh nine ten when and you know Benitez had fought a billion battles, too many battles. You know, and I felt, you know it was sad. What had been going on at Liverpool? What was going on at the club? But what was difficult was when you were you were watching Liverpool teams that were basically not Rafa Benitez teams. Yeah, they were like tribute versions to other managers, and you feel like, oh, well, Rafa, you know, back you to the hilt, mate. But you've got to give me something to work with here. Yeah. Even off the back of certain victories, you'd be a bit like, you know, where's where's all the Rafa Benitez things? Mm-hmm. I like, where have they gone? Yeah. And I think that's the mark, you know, Everton, Evertonians who, who you're saying now it could be a majority who, who wouldn't want to see him in post. But that minority needs to be able to say, but what about when Barkley did this brilliant thing? Yeah. What about when, what about that moment yeah. when Naismith, you, you know, you could see his intelligence, the improvement that Martinez has got mm-hmm. from him. What about when Morales went on the outside, cut in, you know, did this, did that. What about all that? You know, I can see what you're saying, lads, about this not being great at the back, about them not being enough steel. But what I've about this, all that? Yeah. And, yeah. He's, and what he's done is he's taken that out of, every, out of everyone's armoury and his own. Yeah, that's absolutely. You know, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there perfectly because it, it it is this thing that we're not seeing, Neil. That those those of us and I, I do class myself as the people who defend him um, would would have to, have to say there's very little you can sort of throw back at someone who does yeah. have these arguments. That's what I'm saying. It's very very difficult but, to sort of come back at them and say, look, you need to give this fella a chance because you're not seeing that burst of excellence from Barkley. You're not seeing even Morales start games now. Which do you know what the the thing about that? It sort of irks me a little bit is the fact that he's basically he's playing for a move so he's going to play well do you know what I mean put him out there put him out on the wing he's been brilliant when he has played largely this season uh, the penalty obviously the penalty incident with uh, West Brom that time you know that that's when it all started going downhill for him but at the end of the day this is a lad who's looking for a move to a top top side you know let him go and earn that while he's playing for Everton Everton and then he's going to reap the benefits if he's going to leave anyway and get the money exactly but when I did um, I they invited me on to do Five Live when we played at United this year and I, would, I went on and Jonathan Overham was the presenter and Mark Lawrence was sitting there and they're talking about this game and Liverpool getting beat 3-0 and they start having this conversation about you know possibly knives being out for Rodgers and uh, stuff about you know how difficult uh, um, Liverpool's run of form and all this sort of stuff and they come to me and I say well I'm the most I effectively say where's the effect of I'm the most buoyed up I've been for about six six weeks watching this and you're getting beat 3-0 at Old Trafford mm. 
but Brendan Rodgers is going to be Brendan Rodgers. stand up to the, uh, to the demographic to, of to the rigor of Five Live. But no, yeah. but, 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 but Brendan Rodgers being Brendan Rodgers. And Mark Lonerton came and he chimed in. And to be fair to me, when, yeah, you know, you look at this today and Liverpool have had these chances. They've played this way. And trust me, Jonathan, this is a lot better than it has been. And, and it, it was full of all the obvious questions. But you're going, no, I'm looking at the football. This is now something I can get behind. This mm-hmm. is now a lot better than it has been. We've had, you know, we got the 1-0 against Stoke at home where Glenn Johnson gets his dive ahead of last minute. We got results, again, you know, in these little pockets of games here and there. But they still weren't what what you go and mm. watch Brendan Rodgers' football for. Now this is a man backing himself. Yeah. This looks right. This looks. Does that feel like in the derby about Everton's defensive consistency? We we looked very yeah. very solid, and 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 I thought that was a foundation for us to build on because we didn't have those problems attacking. But now, now it's switched. <laughs> yeah, it's switched. You've got problems attacking, but also the way the other way in which it's switched now is that when there's a lack of confidence in a football team, it just spreads yeah. everywhere. Goals gone. And this is where everyone needs to be able to look in the dressing room and look at the lad sitting next to him and think, he's done well in training mm. this week. He needs to be able to look at this lad and go, he's going to put the ball in the back of the net. He's going to defend well for us. He's going to keep goal well for us. This fellow who's managing this side, he knows what he's doing. But we're all bought into it one way or another. And that's another interesting, you know, we, we've talked about these managers because they come at the same time. We'll go to a break in a second. But the key thing that <coughs> Rogers has said about the move to the three at the back was that it had everyone's buy-in. That all the players, these young players, Raheem still, and they all went, this is great straight away and there's another issue here for Everton I think and we've talked about you know how they feel on the stand but there is a problem there you know the conceivably a problem in the dressing room where there's, you've got a manager who last season got you to this points total and now he's saying stuff and now he's doing stuff and now you're training and now he's, he's, he's in the back of your mind it's not working this mate yeah. and that'd be my worry is that you know watching the confidence dissipate from all areas of the team is there a, no, a moment yeah. here where they're going it's not working here mate and it might just be that all you need is the season to finish start again Couple of wins, that all gets fixed, yeah. but it might be something more deep rooted. Yeah, disillusion and discontent amongst the, the players is, you know, it's probably as rife as it is on the stands at the moment. All in the game, Neil Atkinson and David Downey could have done that for the full hour. To be honest with you, we'll have to take the break. Though we'll come back, we'll talk about Liverpool, and we'll do so. Uh, we'll start with Burnley. It's all in the game with David Downey and Neil Atkinson on City Talk one hundred five point nine. City Talk one hundred five point nine. Neil and Dave with you until about five o'clock. Uh, so not five o'clock, seven o'clock. Uh, Going to be talking about Liverpool in this part. Um, fascinating couple of games for Liverpool in a really dull way, Dave. In that with dull opposition, it's dull opposition, with. and it, opposition who were playing for to not get beat, and, and and in Burnley's case, in the end, playing not to get battered rather than not get beat. I mean, yeah. I, it, it, honestly. I've always suggested the idea that you could have a rule change in football where once a season a manager gets to throw a towel on the pitch and we all go home early. And Sean Dice should be throwing that in round about sixty. Yeah, he'd have just lashed it and optimistically gone. too. Yeah, he'd, he'd just popped it on there and gone. You know what, lads, it's two now. Let's all let's not pretend yeah. this is done. Uh, we just stop now. And I think there was definitely an element uh, of that there that you know I think that and that's what happened in the game. You got the impression, and it, it happens when you play yourself. You know, at all levels of football, there's we've all being involved in games where you've got the impression somehow, somewhere, you've had this sort of psychic communication and everyone's gone, well, if we don't try and get one back, will you not try and really get a third? Yeah. You know, or, or, or a fourth, or if you're yeah. at the level I was at, you know, we just not try and score a ninth, lads. <laughs> it's embarrassing enough for us here on my team. But, you know, there's that sort of, those tacit agreements just sort of begin to happen sometimes, and that happens against Burnley. But it didn't help Liverpool against Blackburn, and there's a couple of different ways to see what's currently happening with Liverpool and I think they're both as valid as each other and I think one is there's still not enough goals in this team for all the strengths of this shape for all the strengths of, of what Liverpool have done recently and those are huge strengths Liverpool I think there's been a number of games this season where the Reds just seem a goal 
shy of where they should be. I think it, they should have been 3-0 against Burnley. The, there was countless opportunities to make a 3-1 against Manchester City, but the list goes on. I'd even invoke going right the way back to when we were poor. Crystal Palace away, when they beat us 3-1, it should have been 3-2. You know, not just because... That was the gulf, you know what I mean? And all season, in games they've won, in games they've lost, in games they've drawn, you felt Liverpool are a goal shy of mm-hmm. where they should be. And that's that's a problem. And that's going to become a problem because we've got a goal difference situation. And we're not going to make it back now. We've yeah. got to give up the ghost on it. Well, but, it is against these sides, like a Burnley, who... Typically this season have fought in these type of games. I mean, they got a draw from two 0 down against uh, Man City away. You know, uh, they got an admirable nil nil at home against Man United as well, which is why I was still mildly impressed with Liverpool because, uh, and, and again, I'm going to mention his name, Jordan Henderson, um, another notch on it, on it, another notch in his belt that I thought that was against against Burnley in yeah. terms of maturity and how to control a game. I think he's starting to. To add that to his game quite quickly now, how to how to control one, how to be the biggest influence on the football pitch. I think he's that's going to be a massive facet to his game over the next uh, couple of seasons. I feel as he develops, if he is indeed the captain, um, it'd be interesting how that sort of plays out with his versatility lingering in the background. I think he's very much found where he needs to be in this side, and uh, I think for as as brave as Rodgers has been lately and since. That big turn, 12, 13 games ago. Moving Jordan Henderson anywhere else, but midfield would seem calamitous at this moment, wouldn't it? It seemed catastrophic. He's committed to it, I think. I think the Gerrard the Gerard announcement's actually just made that decision for him. Yeah. It's been from that point onwards, Jordan Henderson hasn't started a game anywhere, but he's, he's occasionally moved Jordan the game, but he hasn't started a game anywhere, mm. but, sent, but sent him in next to... He's uh, always been drawn to that position. Yeah, and I think that that's where, that's where he's going to do his business, I think, and that's what he's going to do next season. The, the, the two central midfield performances, Allen against Manchester City and Henderson against Burnley, that are indicative of... You very rarely see... These days, I think big sentiment performances. There aren't as many of them knocking around as I think you, as we casually think. Well, they're there not are. as influential as they used to be. Are they uh, really? As a position, it isn't. You know, the stuff going on everywhere else. But there's Liverpool have had two two very different games back to back there, and that's that's most definitely a good thing. And I think it's you know it stands out. I'm just a slightly. There just needs to be that little bit more certainty. Um, in the final third for Liverpool, the chances for all we we, we can talk about Liverpool missing Suarez as goals. The other thing that Liverpool are missing, and this is not, it obviously has something to do with Suarez, but it's not Suarez specific. The quality of chances that Liverpool create, it's not as high as it was last season. <coughs> the number of them isn't as high, but also the the, the pure eighteen yard box quality hasn't quite been not there in the same way. In, no. No, just in, in, in putting it on a play for people, yeah. in, in making it, you know, in turning it into something where you should do something, and that's not a Suarez thing. That's not a, a missing Suarez thing. That's that there just is, hasn't been quite enough quality, and I think that needs to get addressed. I think that there's clear, you know, the other reason why you can say it's a two 0 against Burnley followed by a nil nil against Blackburn is. There's a, it's been a host of intense games and you take your punches and it wears on. And three or four months ago, Rogers said the pitch is a problem and everyone went mental because it sounds like a manager making excuses. That pitch is a disgrace. I mean, it's now, you're now at the point where it's, you know, it's uh, Glenn Johnson's come out and mentioned it today and, and he actually mentions it in the context of Sterling and Coutinho and I couldn't agree more. If you, it's, it's now, it's a competitive disadvantage to the home team. This is the thing. It's not the idea of well, you know, it's got a, it's got the odd bad bounce. But if you're playing it regularly enough, you know when to expect them. Yeah. It's now openly a competitive disadvantage to the no, home that's team. That's right. And do you know, just sorry to interrupt you, but I was watching Bradford's Reading, and because the pitch was so poor, it was to Bradford's advantage. 
which is what's quite worrying about the re- the return game against Blackburn because uh, Jace Beringer was on commentary for Radio City said, you know, openly our pitch is a lot worse than this. So I think that's I, I don't mind. It does stop sides well, from playing. I don't mind that the idea that Blackburn have got a terrible pitch. I'm fine with because that's their decision. You get the impression, or, or it's you know, there's there's definitely will be a, Sam Allardyce's decision. Well, exactly, yeah, and you can see how it's an advantage when you're going to play Liverpool. Liverpool put themselves in this position with this pitch where it is. Openly, there is no, the only game where it could possibly be an advantage is Manchester City. Everyone else who comes to Anfield, we, we, I expect us to play more football than them. We, we, you know, we had far more of the ball than Arsenal did when Arsenal came mm-hmm. here. We play the ball along the deck. That's what we do, and yet we managed to get ourselves into this situation where you can see it. You know, there was there was just there was just a general miscontrol from Glenn Johnson yesterday, which was just his fault. The ball under his foot went out out to touch. Poor, shouldn't be happening. But there was one where uh, Skirtle pings it at him. And it's a perfectly good ball from Skirtle. He's drilling it low across the ground, and just before it gets to Glenn Johnson's foot, it bobbles. So Glenn Johnson controls this pass either back to Skirtle or over to Lovren. But now the ball's in the air. Yeah, and it, and that's along your back line, <laughs> and you're thinking, how's this happened? You know, and it's it's a real. Quite rare, I think. It's quite rare, I think, that in football, and you've had one this season where people would have said it was the case, where you've got a uh, people should be answering questions in the stern sense around the transfer committee. Well, it transpires that wasn't the case. In that, you know, you can see the players who've come good, who look promising, so on and so forth. You can see it wasn't as cut and dried as they've made a complete hash of this in the summer. Yeah. It wasn't cut and dried. This is cut and dried, and and rotting and brown or, or you know, not in the or, case, yeah, or, yeah. or whatever it is. You know, this is, and and I'm not even going to be be casual enough and just go well to the ground. You know, you don't know why. There should be, what I'm trying to drive at here is if, you, if it was leaked tomorrow to the Echo that there's an internal inquiry being put in place in Liverpool Football Club to find out how this has happened, I'd love to see that because this goes all the way to the top. This I, I, have you seen most clubs are like that, don't they? In general, pitches are, are atrocious. This isn't, worse I, don't, I don't know it's got like that. Even Arsenal's. I've always held Arsenal as the, the bastion of top yep. football pitches at Highbury. It was just perfect. You thought it was a yep. an artificial surface. At the Emirates, it got even better. So you were sitting there looking at that the other day thinking... God, I can see divots. I can see. Yeah, di- what's going on? Is there something in the grass here? What, what's happening? Is it you know? Are there other issues in play? But I'd love to. You know, there's no piece of news that could probably cheer me more than you know. Liverpool are really trying to look into what's gone on with this pitch. Well, did they not get announced today that they're not changing it this summer? There's all sorts of stuff. construction with the. There's also there's all sorts of stuff, but they're gonna have to they're gonna have to put a plan together, yeah. and they're gonna have to do it pretty quickly because the medical grows needed there. Whatever whatever it is that you need to do. I mean, this this is slightly a, it's a side point, but you know, I think that the tiredness has played its part. I think that there's this break now. It's a nice break for Liverpool. I think Liverpool need to play quite often. I think it actually suits these players mm-hmm. just to be playing football, expressing themselves, knocking it round. We all decided Coutinho needed a rest, and then it transpired he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He's brilliant. But I think on the whole, these lads, you know, it suits them to play quite often. And I think it, 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 as long as Liverpool keep getting results, obviously it bodes well for next season. If you can keep getting these lads playing together now, it means they've got this season under the belt. Get the young lads; they all know each other's game. But fundamentally, you know, they should have scored against Bolton. Mm. They should have got one against Blackburn. As I say, they should have scored at Old Trafford going right the way back to that game. You know, it finishes 3-0, but Liverpool did more than enough to get one on the score sheet. They probably, against Arsenal, is a really good example. Finishes 2-2. But Liverpool, you know, they've got 25 shots. Mm. They should have scored a third goal. They they, they, they should have done more. Yeah. And in so many of these, there's only really Bournemouth away this season where you'd, you'd go, well, that looked like... For the attacking performance Liverpool put on show, that looks like the adequate number of goals. Or for the attacking performance Liverpool should put on show, that looks like the adequate number of goals. So many of these other games you look at and you go, well, 
frankly, the somehow, if you've had this much of the ball and you've had this superiority technically over your opponents and you've been able to beat your man the way in which you have, then have, you know, Sunderland's away. It's a 1-0. It's mm-hmm. a great 1-0. We all feel fantastic about it as a 1-0. Feels really, really good as a 1-0. It should have been 3-0 at half-time. The derby was the same. I'm thinking the, the derby, derby at yeah. Anfield. You know, you look at the chances Balotelli missed. The, the point blank as well, some of these. You know what I mean? It's not... Um, you know, it's not like these are pot shots from anywhere. These are genuine chances. The, 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 there's not enough goals being scored. It's but, that straightforward. But like you say, it sort of marries into the fact that if, you, if you're not scoring enough goals from the chances you do create, then you need to create more chances if your conversion percentage is that low. Oh, but you need to do that, but also you also need to also be looking at creating better chances. And yeah. There's games where they've created great chances and not taken them. There's games where they've had loads of the ball, looked threatening, looked like they've got the beating of the men in one-on-one battles, not created clear-cut enough chances. There's the games where they've, you know, there's maybe just not been creating enough chances full stop. There's games where almost all of the above applies in some way, shape or form. The problem is, though, you can't, keep and this is why for instance you know I think we'll go through against Blackburn we'll get the replay we'll go through but you can't keep going back you can't keep going back to the to to the well on this sort of thing There's, this is going to happen and this is where you know against Burnley Sturridge misses the one has the early chance where he's unlucky misses the one on one scores the one that he eventually scores but even in amongst all that you're looking at that game thinking Liverpool should have been out of sight it should fatigue kick in now I know it's an obvious question but in, in, in terms of the way Liverpool are playing with, with this high intensity, with you know a pressing game, with playing the ball on the deck on pitches that you know aren't fit for use, that fatigue. I mean, it, it, when they say heavy pitches, that plays on your legs, doesn't it? You know, you you, you play on a bog, it does. It it's does a your mental, legs it's a mental a lot fatigue more. as well. That you got to yeah. you got to concentrate. You got to watch the ball onto your foot every yeah. single time. You know, and and that'll play a part. I think in general, I think I think Liverpool have it's it's quite. We've all been saying to one another, Liverpoolians, we look a bit leggy. We also haven't lost a league game since December the fourteenth, so everyone else must be looking a bit leggy. Um, you know, if 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 we do, if we're pulling themselves back, one hundred and twenty in Turkey as well. And you know, the city result after one hundred and twenty in Turkey, and then to be honest with you, I think a few people, and this is the, I'll, I'll wrap up on this because we talk about the two games, Blackburn and Burnley. I think a few people expected. The Burnley performance, sorry, the Blackburn performance to come against Burnley. That idea that after the City game and the 120, that's where you'd be flat. And it's massive testament, and I'm saying this is a bit of a grump, saying we should have scored more goals, but it's massive testament to Rodgers and to these players that it didn't come against Burnley. They had a job to do. You know, you can imagine what's being said in the dressing room beforehand. What we did against City means nothing if we don't win this. But it's one thing to all say that to each other. I'm sure everyone's saying that to themselves all the time. But then to put that into practice on the pitch, which they did for 60 minutes, you know, that's a big deal, I think. It's huge because you look at Liverpool over the years and it's probably one of the biggest things they're guilty of is putting in a top performance against a good side and then following it up with a draw or a defeat against a mediocre one. You know, even Rodgers on on uh, his interview today said he wanted four from six. Mm. Uh, once he got the three from City, I bet you that wasn't the case. But that lingering doubt still in his mind that this goes four flat here. We've seen far too many of these games in the past. Yeah, you see them all the time, and I think that shows a lot about the mentality, about the collective will, about finding reserves. But then the next one on that is the Blackburn game, and I do think sometimes you can just end up with the wrong opponent. And I, I think you know, if let's say that's West Ham, I think we're probably through. 
in that West Ham would have had a bit more of a go than Blackburn, so there would have been maybe one or two more gaps. But also Liverpool would just have gone, yeah. we're going to have to play to a level here. Which is where the replay will play into your hands, because they will come and have a go then. You would well, think. I, I don't think they will. I, I, so? I, I, I could see them playing two up front with Rhodes. Well, I would, if, I was, if I was advising them, I'd be saying, lads, same again. we just do the same again, because we had a couple of chances. If we get four chances throughout the 90 minutes and we keep it as tight as we did, then we've got every chance. If we, if we, if we gamble to get six chances, but we start to open the back door significantly more, they'll expose us. But I mean, that's, that's that. You don't know what what Blackburn are going to do. But I think that it's testament. I think that they, they managed to pull that out the bag against Burnley. I think it's you know it's impressive and it's you, you shouldn't gripe. I'm not griping. I'm merely discussing around it. You know, it's it's fine there. What's important though is going forward. There's got to be whether it's done in the transfer markets, whether it's done the training pitch, whether it's both, a slightly recalibration, I think, for Liverpool, whether it's just simply studies coming back from injury and getting himself back to being completely sharp and firing, whether it's finding the ways to get get more goals from two or three different areas of the pitch, whatever it is, I do still think and there's got to be a shift towards just getting, and it's we're talking tiny margins here, but just getting the ball in the back of the net that little bit more. And there was an argument against Blackburn maybe to have started Balotelli and I understand why not but you know you can understand why conceivably you could have started Balotelli and I think Liverpool had done so I think Liverpool need to find a way whether it's whether it's by getting a new player where the 3-4-1-2 sorry the 3-4-2-1 can very quickly become 1-2 in certain games without making a substitution and I think that when Liverpool are targeting, which they should be, the best centre forward they can possibly get their hands on in the summer, which they should be. And I mean, like, you know, I don't, this lad should be incredible. We need him to be as good a player as, as humanly possible. And we're talking about a lad, you, might, you know, Liverpool were prepared to pay 40 million for Sanchez, pay 40 million for whoever it is I'm describing here. But have him be someone who can play in the two behind one or can go and make that two behind one. Yeah. Or say to Coutinho or whoever else it is, you're now in here on your own. We're going to go and play two up for for ten minutes, and I think that that having that little bit more tactical freedom, I think, would massively help. Uh, this is all in the game, Neil Atkinson and Dave Downey with you until seven. It's all in the game with Neil Atkinson and David Downey on City Talk one hundred five point nine. Looks spectacular out the window tonight here at the top of the tower. Neil Atkinson and David Downey with you until uh, until, until seven o'clock. Uh, the, the, the very heartbeat of Liverpool. I think that's what you refer to us as, Dave. Uh, as, as, as as we're up here uh, admiring the view and all that. Need sort a of pen. Stuff. You, need, you need a pen because you need to get out time. Uh, Dave Downey scrabbles around for a pen. Um, you got one? Uh, I have got one, Dave. Yeah, but this isn't great radio. No. I'm not going to lie to you. No, no, no. There's the, 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 these people are, who are at home are just sort of wondering to themselves why these fellas can't get this sorted in the break. The we've, had, is... we've had two consistent parts here. This is yeah. You know... and now, and now, yeah, and now your part three's gone to bit. Um, Everton line up against Dinamo Kiev on a Thursday night it's going to be increasingly um, these these European games are going to end up feeling a little bit bittersweet I think for, uh, for, 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 for Evertonians if it, unless they, they do lead to the promised land I think the key thing about this is I think Everton can win the Europa League Dave have you seen who's left? I haven't I've seen most of them play each other as well in this in this round of 16 as well you've got, I think you've got Roma Fiorentina and you've got Wolfsburg against one of the other favourites, mm-hmm. who into Milan. Sorry, yeah, Wolfsburg into Milan. Uh, you've got Dnipro, who for some reason seems to be a bit of a dark horse. Obviously, John Bradley does a lot in, on City Talk said he, these are a dark horse. These are a decent side. Kiev are playing a side that he used to win, which that's what concerns me. We're 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 not a side that I used to doing that. I don't I don't think we've earned the right to prioritise this Neil if we go and get a two or three goal lead on Thursday then fair enough if we're having to go to Kiev and win or Kiev and score 
I think we'll kiss goodbye to it. I really do, and and, and just prioritise. That's a shame, and I don't think that's going to happen, Dave. I don't think that's going to happen. No, I, I don't that, think it will. I think that I think that I think we might go there with a one one goal advantage. In which case, you know, you can justify putting out your full strength side. But I think if we've got to go there, we've got to score. I think you close up shop until August. Then it's sad as it is to say, but I I just the, the Premier League is very much on a knife edge. Graham Sharp said it perfectly, and I didn't think he would. Um, he said. You know, we, we don't deserve a luxury of that at the moment, given the predicament we had in the league. You know, the, the, the Europa should be a fantastic adventure that we're all on. It doesn't have that feel anymore. The fact that you know, one in fourteen, one in thirteen, whatever it is in the league, I, I don't, I don't think you can you can blow all that away by simply saying, well, there's three sides worse than us in the Premier League, so let's go and have a crack at the Europa League. I just don't think it works that way. And I'd, I'd love us to go and batter Kiev. I really would. And and, and I'm going Thursday night, and I, I'm going to be hoping to come away with a without a voice, do you know what I mean? Because I, I, I badly want us to excel in this competition. Everton won't ever only ever won one European trophy and it's a massive, massive opportunity. It's just such a shame that it comes in such difficult circumstances. It really is. I'm fascinated by this because I think I can I understand what you're saying, there is a bit of sweetness to it, but if there was ever a time to just go, you know what? Let's just lash into this. Well, that's what I think he will do, but... It might be now. It really might be now. You know, I'll offer you right now, Dave. You're taking 17th in the Europa League. Absolutely. Of course you are. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. But the the, the problem is, Neil, if we were, say, for instance, where Stoke are now, I think they're on 40-odd, mid-table, comfortable in the league, probably could lose the last 10 and nobody really cared at Stoke because they've secured survival. If Everton were in that position, if they were Newcastle, where Swansea, for instance, then... If we've got to go and chase a goal in Kiev, you push everything at it. Mm. The fact both legs come just a couple of days before Newcastle, first of all, and in that trip to QPR, we've got to go to Kiev having to win or score goals. I, I don't see how you can't put that QPR game ahead of... The what if one. you beat Newcastle? <sighs> I tell you what, that I mean, that is playing devil's advocate, Neil. It really is. I think if, you, if we beat Newcastle, teams around us, if we extend our lead above the bottom three, then yeah, by all means go for it. I think that that that's the, probably the pragmatic way to look at it. You know, go for it. Because I think you're only talking. I think that, and this, if I was Martinez, and this is one of the reasons why, I, if I was Martinez, I'd be really frustrated. I think you're effectively in talking about four points. I can understand what you're saying when you're talking about Stoke and you're talking about Swansea and Newcastle and that that gulf. But I think if you had four more points on the board, then you could relax. And have the idea that we're gonna in the weeks where there's Europa League games, we commit completely to the Europa League games, and then we 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 get what we can in the league, yeah. and that that itself builds up a you know a bit of a siege mentality. It's a shame this Newcastle one isn't before the Europa game. It really is, because if you get that on the board, then you really can throw everything at it. But the the, the way the fixtures are lying, I mean, you you have a really good go on Thursday, then I think you make your decisions based on that. I don't think you can you can simply go into it saying well. well Try our hardest to to go through in both games because if we do have to go there and score Neil, it is it is you see the a tough of, task at the best of times. You see the Kiev and Newcastle game as games, I'd say, as a piece. They're both home. Yeah. The you know so there's the travelling aspect being taken out. You can train for both of them, make two changes in the gap in between, but still feel as though you know Everton should have enough in the tank to be able to to express themselves against Kiev and then get a result against Newcastle, get three points against yeah. Newcastle. They should have enough. You got to remember the fact that at the moment, you know, score first against Newcastle. They're, they're, mm. they're not bothered. I mean, they, they, they've declared. Um, yeah. They're, you know, they're done. 
So I do think that it's it's an opportunity. It is a shame from from an Evertonian perspective the way in which this draws open up, but the way in which the sides that are left in it, what it all looks like. It is a great shame if they can't commit completely to the idea of picking up, not just for the Champions League purpose, not just because it's Europe, but also because it's a piece of silverware. Yeah, yeah. I think if we go into Thursday, we win without conceding. I, I'm confident we'll go through to the next round. But it's literally, it's got to be taken as a game-by-game basis. Look into the next one after the Europa League. Okay, that's all in the game this week. Thanks from Dave, thanks from Neil. I uh, hope you've enjoyed your Monday night. Enjoy your week.